The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Marion McKeown, can you explain this Georgia Senate race to me, please, and why it's so important? Sure. Okay. well, the Georgia Senate race is between Raphael Warnock, who is the incumbent. He's a Democrat and he made history back in uh, 2020 when he became the first black person and a pastor uh, to represent Georgia. Now, because that was a special election, as in he was filling just the last two years for somebody else, he he had to go for election again. This time he's going against a guy called um, Herschel Walker. This is a really well-known national football hero in America. Um, He was Trump's um, guy and Trump and Lindsey Graham between them cooked up this idea that wouldn't it be great to have a football star in the Senate who would just do exactly pretty much whatever he was told and would pull whatever lever he was told because he would know nothing about politics but he would have the name recognition. This is the sort of Trump school of politics. So anyway uh, he does have the name recognition uh, but as it turns out his his campaign has been pretty much a disaster. There's been a bunch of scandal. He's avowedly Christian and anti-abortion, but it turns out that he had pressured and paid for two women that we know of to have abortions um, when they became pregnant with his child. Uh, so anyway, this has been, they, they came to, when it came to uh, November 8th, there uh, there was just a percentage point between them, but neither of them hit 50%. Uh, so Raphael Warnock was 49 and Walker was 48. Uh, so then um, what happened was... Uh, sorry, um, under the Georgia gets, rules, you have to have 50%, do you? You have to have 50. So if you don't have 50%, then you have to go to a runoff. And uh, But the person who wins the runoff doesn't have to have 50%. So the, this race is taking place today, but there's already been a huge amount of early voting. About 2 million voters have already voted in Georgia. I should also say this race has cost somewhere around $380 million for one Senate race. It's absolutely insane money. That used to be what presidential races cost, but it's really important because at the moment the Senate is 50-50. Now the Democrats have held control of the Senate by picking up a seat in Pennsylvania that they didn't have previously, but they don't control committees. It all has to be divvied out with the Republican Party. So if they win this race, and I think they will. I think Raphael Warwick will be returned. He's a good person. He's a really smart guy. He's very articulate. So if he's returned to the Senate, it will be then 51-49. They won't have to rely on Kamala Harris for the deciding vote. But it also means that Joe Manchin won't be able to hold the Democratic Party to, to ransom every time he decides from now on. So it would actually really help the Democrats, even though they're technically in control of the Senate, uh, to get that extra seat would be very okay. helpful for them. Cal, are the Republicans behind this Skywalker, given that he is the Trump nominee? Well, I think I don't have anything left to say. Marion took about three minutes and uh, covered everything I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I think both of them are flawed. I don't believe that Warnock is a good person. He's bought into this uh, black theology business. He was a supporter of Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who is Obama's pastor, who is a raging anti-Semite. Uh, Warnock's ex-wife has some nasty things to say about his behavior toward him. But both of these are uh, are flawed candidates. I agree with Miriam. All this money that's being spent, $80 million on TV ads alone for a job that pays only around $175,000 a year. We have got to reform the way we do elections in this country. Not only do they never end, 
but the expense is ridiculous. All of these outside groups and even inside groups in the country, foreign money coming in, uh, black uh, money that's uh, funneled through various organizations, it's a scandal. And uh, really good people don't want to run because they have to sell off pieces of their soul in order to get the money for the campaigns. Carl, what do you make of Donald Trump calling for the termination of parts of the U.S. Constitution, the bits that he doesn't like? Completely outrageous and, I believe, uh, disenfranchising for him forever being president of the United States again. We have a constitution that people are supposed to live within the boundaries of. And uh, for him to say something like this, is completely outrageous. Mark Thiessen uh, wrote a column today in the Washington Post. Mark is a former speechwriter for George W. Bush, uh, saying that uh, this this idea that we ought to abandon the Constitution and the laws surrounding our elections uh, completely disqualifies Trump for ever holding that office again. I never thought I'd agree with Liz Cheney from the January 6th committee, but I think she's she's been absolutely right. And uh, Trump should go away. Unfortunately, he won't. Of course, Barry McCone, there are some of us who might say, told you so. This is what he was <laughs> always about. Well, exactly. And, and you know what? Yeah, of course, Liz Cheney spoke out. But what's actually quite chilling is none of the other Republicans. Mitch McConnell, as usual, scuttled away like crab when he was approached about it. None of the um, Republican leadership would come out and say, this is outrageous. This is wrong. They all equivocated or they just weren't available. So does that mean they agree with Donald Trump? You know, it's, it's absolutely shocking. I agree with Cal. And it's ridiculous. And of course, it's Donald Trump. I think he's just trying more more and more desperate gambits to stay relevant and to stay in the news. He and Elon Musk are like, they're like two sides of the same very rusty coin, if you ask me. Okay, tell us about the Supreme Court, the case, Marion, that is deciding over gay rights and free speech. Yeah, okay, This well, the hearing was before the Supreme Court yesterday. It lasted for about two hours. And judging by the questioning, in particular from Clarence Thomas or the comments, um, it seems that uh, the Supreme Court is going to decide this case in favour of the business. Now, four years ago, there was a, a case that the Supreme Court said, we don't want to hear this. It was about a wedding cake manufacturer and, and the wedding cake business said, we're not making wedding cakes for gay couples. We don't agree with gay couples. We don't agree with gay marriage. Uh, the Supreme Court said, we're not hearing this, you know, gay marriage is legal, whatever. But now with this Supreme Court, which is totally ideology driven, they have the majority, they've decided that they will hear this case. The designer uh, decided that she wants to expand her business into offering wedding websites for couples, but she won't do them for gay couples. Now, the thing about this case is it's an absolutely phony case because she hasn't even started doing that business yet. This has been brought again to try because the, the, these anti-gay marriage activists believe that the Supreme Court now is their chance. So this woman who's never designed a website for any wedding in her life is now bringing this case and saying, well, I might want to do it. And if I do, you know, I don't want to do it for gay couples. So on that basis alone, it shouldn't be allowed. But but um, the Supreme Court yesterday, I mean, some of the questioning, Samuel Alito said, uh, to, as part of the question, he said, well, look, if what about if a black Santa, and I'm not kidding, had to have a photograph taken with a white child dressed in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. You know, this was what he was seeing as the equivalent of having to make a, we a website for a gay couple. I mean, it, this is just, the Supreme Court well, has, has really lost itself. Yeah. Carl, what do you reckon? Well, 
Well, first of all, two things here. Uh, there are many gay people who just want to live quiet lives, live as they wish, and I'm fine with that. Uh, then there are the activists who look uh, at the military, uh, the Walt Disney Company, the institution of marriage, and the activists have a political and social agenda to try to tear these things apart. As with the Colorado bakery story of a few years ago that the Supreme Court upheld the right of the baker not to make a wedding cake for same-sex couples, uh, there are plenty of other website designers who are more than happy to do a website for this uh, for gay couples. So this isn't about a, uh, a lack of opportunity for uh, gay people. It's about going after particular individuals or companies or businesses to make a political point. Sorry, I'm a bit confused, Cal, by how you would believe that there are activists trying to destroy marriage by having it made available to gay couples. Surely that is... I didn't is... talk about marriage. You I did didn't mention... mention marriage, Matt. No, I didn't. I, I was talking about businesses. I was talking about individuals. And I'm talking about the, uh, you know, in our Constitution of the First Amendment, Congress will make no law respecting the establishment of, of religion or uh, prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And this is, I believe, one of the arguments before the court at the moment, uh, whether this woman has a right to uh, freely exercise her right based on her faith uh, to create a website that, uh, uh, you know, favors certain things and disfavors others. Sorry, uh, I was picking up on through... what you said about activists yeah. in relation to the army, the Walt yeah. Disney um, company, yeah. and also marriage. That's the point I was picking right. up on. Oh, yeah. OK, well, fine. Yes, there are activists who uh, want to establish as normal certain behavioral patterns that a good number of the people in America and elsewhere, I would argue, around the world, regard as uh, something other than normal. This is a, uh, a, a political agenda. It is a social agenda. And uh, a lot of people see this as a threat to institutions that have supported, foundational institutions that have supported uh, the strength of this country for, uh, uh, since its founding. Well, it's worked out very well here in Ireland since we've had marriage equality extended to all. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to stay with you, Cal. Uh, tell us about Elon Musk's Twitter files. Well, Musk has done something that uh, I think uh, uh, real journalism used to do. He's opening up the files that have shown a uh, suppression of information during the last presidential campaign that many feel would have benefited uh, Donald Trump's re-election efforts. Uh, these included what I would call collusion between uh, 51 uh, intelligence uh, officers from the CIA, the National Security Agency, all of whom signed off on a letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian collusion. That was disproved. Uh, and now uh, we are getting uh, stuff from these archives from Twitter, now that Musk has taken over, uh, that show just the opposite. And that the New York Post story, which was suppressed during the campaign, and which at least one poll shows that sufficient numbers of people would not have voted for Joe Biden's reelection had they known about this. Uh, this is all being made public now in the... Uh, uh, under the guise of uh, freedom of expression and freedom of information. And I think it's a very good thing that he's doing. Marion McKeown, what do you reckon of that? 
Look, it's a complete damn squib. There's no story there. Uh, first of all, um, what what um, Elon Musk and what what um, all of these uh, sort of uh, right wing activists were hoping was that they would find that Joe Biden told Twitter, "Don't print these stories. Don't print these stories." There was absolutely no sign that the White House, that Biden, that the campaign had any influence whatsoever. And in fact, there was a, Rep- a Californian Republican who said to Twitter, "Print them." So what? Uh, they decided not on the grounds that Biden. Hunter Biden is a private citizen who has had very publicly documented drug and drink problems, who is who is an addict. And they didn't see the benefit, I believe, in printing these. They were also not sure that the laptop was authentic. There's no story here. I mean, I think, sure, Hunter Biden's dealings in, in um, you know, with Burisman, etc., that, that they should be scrutinized. I think his tax affairs can be absolutely be treated like everybody else. But what's, what I don't see, where's the conspiracy here? There just isn't one. Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas, thank you as ever for being with us here on The Last Word on Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.